Welcome to a bonus episode of Confessions from the Sidelines. As always, I'm your host, Sarah L. Cowart. And I've shared on the show many times that after I wrapped up my collegiate soccer career, I actually went on to finish school at Auburn. And today's conversation is really special to me as I get to chat with Senator Tommy Tuberville. Many of you know Senator Tuberville by the name of Coach, and I do too, because he was the coach at Auburn while I was a student there. And I had quite a few friends that played for Coach Tuberville at Auburn. And in today's episode, we chat a lot about what it takes in deciding which school to go to and the reasons why. So here's my conversation with Senator Tuberville. Senator, I am so thankful and grateful that you are here on the show today. Thank you. Good to be here. It's hot outside here in D.C. and we stay on the run up here, you know, on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursdays are big days and uh, uh, we, we've got a lot of work to do, uh, you know, with a lot of different things. So, uh, but I'm looking forward to being on with you today. Uh, always something new is good, and it's good to get out to a different group of people. Yeah, well, we appreciate your wisdom and your knowledge. You know, you spent almost over 40 years in education, whether it was at the high school level or higher ed. But, you know, since you've taken office, you've shared multiple times that you don't believe a four-year school is for every student. And, you know, most people on the show know that I spent over 10 years working in college athletics at the Division One level. And... I had the unfortunate task of de- delivering all that news of you're not eligible, you can't play. And so I would love to hear from you as a former coach, what were some of the challenges that you saw from students when they came in un- not academically prepared? Uh, that's a very good question. And and to be honest with you, that's one of the reasons I'm sitting at this desk in Washington, D.C. as a United States senator mm-hmm. is because I want to help our education system. Uh, I'm on the health committee, which is health, education, labor, and pension. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to putting my two cents worth in it from experience. You know, there's a lot of people up here that they do things, but they have no experience. Well, I've got real life experience of going to, going to high school, going to college, teaching high school, coaching and teaching in college. And so I've got all that experience. So I'm looking forward to to bringing that uh, to light. Uh, As you said, We've got a lot of young men and women that come out of high school now that are not really prepared uh, for a two-year or four-year university. Right, right. Uh, unfortunately, half the kids, and I'll say half, but a, a huge portion of the, uh, the kids coming out of school now have, have a reading level of sixth grade or lower. And if you can't read, you can't learn. Right. And so uh, there's a lot of things like that. I used to bring all my athletes in when I'd sign 25 I'd send them on the front row. We'd test them all in reading, writing, math, history. We'd test them on because we didn't want to put them in a class that they were going to fail. And we didn't want to make sure they were on the college level. Very seldom did we have anybody on the college level. I don't care if they were straight A students. Mm -hmm. So it's important that uh, for our country, our country was built on education, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a sound and solid education. And if you look at the stats right now, in our in the world, we're 37th in the world in math, mm. I and mean, we used to be number one. China is almost number one in everything, sure. and uh, we're having all kind of uh, disagreements in what we teach now in, in our education system, how we teach it, who teaches it. Uh, we're, we're just we're we're a, a recipe for disaster, to be honest with you. And if we don't get control of that, we're not going to be the same country that we are uh, in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going downgrade our system. Our kids are not going to be as educated. So uh, I'm big on workforce development. So I'm big on two-year universities. I'm big on technical schools. As you said earlier, I've said this many times, 
I've seen it over 25, 30 year period of coaching college. Everyone does not need to go to a four year university. There's no reason. Uh, a lot of young men and women are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on degrees at even some of the Ivy League schools on on uh, uh, courses and degrees that when they get out, they can't get a job. Right. I mean, that, it's ridiculous. And I, I'm I'm. I'm to the point now where I just we've got to regulate these universities on what they teach, who teaches it. Uh, we got to quit stealing money. Mm-hmm. Number one from the parents. Number two from the federal government mm-hmm. because we're supplementing these uh, uh, scholarships with federal grants and programs, uh, federal loans that have seven yeah. uh, percent uh, paybacks, which is ridiculous. And the universities have no skin in the game. They take their money and it's like a business. But we've got to start holding people accountable to what they're doing, how they're doing it in our education system. So along those lines about talking about student loans, I'm really glad you brought that up because a lot of parents who are going through the recruiting process with their students, they often see like Division One football and basketball on the front page. Now, we know those are going to be headcount sports with those full rides. But, you know, there's only six headcount sports. And so all the rest of those, these kids are having to figure out how to pay for school because they just want to go to the big school. What are some tangible things that maybe parents can do or even high school coaches can do to help students make these decisions? Well, first of all, I think we have to break the norm that that uh, and, and a lot, even myself, you know, I coached at Auburn and both of my kids went to Auburn mm-hmm. and they really enjoyed it. And I think it's a great place to get an education. But but a lot of stu- a lot of parents look at. And students look at this as a social yes. uh, endeavor, you know, to go and learn and be around people, which is great. You're away from home for the first time, having to take care of yourself for the first time, having to do a bank account. You have to deal with people on an everyday basis. Uh, mom and dad's not there, grandmother, whoever. And you got to learn to live on your own. I think that's great. But the problem is uh, we're putting so much money uh, through these uh, federal loans uh, to to kids going out there, it, they're not getting their money's worth. That's right. And I think it all comes down to it. We're buying a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're buying a product from these universities. And I, I'm, I'm really disappointed going around last year after COVID. And of course, COVID is a problem. Uh, I think a lot of people dealt with it fine in education. But I think a lot of these higher education uh, universities uh, pretty much let their faculty control them mm-hmm. uh, through tenure. Uh, they didn't have in-class uh, sessions when they could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they held uh, the universities hostage. Well, we're not going to teach. Uh, but they had to have them teach because they had to bring the money in. That's right. And, again, it's a business. We couldn't shut it down. And so I think it's time that uh, universities took their universities back over, away from the, from the professors. Uh, we've got some great teachers, great professors, great administrators. But we also have people that are doing it not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And we have got to get back to educating instead of running these huge businesses on these college campuses. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how you just you mentioned that about like the education portion of it. You know, I think a lot of times it gets lost on helping these kids take it to the next level of whatever that is. We know only one percent of student athletes who play at the collegiate level go pro. So we're talking 99% of other kids are going out into the workforce. And if we can have some of these professors, you know, and some of them do, like some of them are going to dive in and help them become a holistic person. And it's time for us to like continue to do that. Exactly. You know, the, 
the people that you meet at college are the, are the ones that you're going to really be around for the rest of your life. That is your lifelong friends, weddings, funerals, even professors. Right. I mean, you're going to get to know people personally and you're going to call back for advice and those things. So I think it's a, it's a great personal experience for, for, for universities. I just don't think that all kids need to go to a four-year university. I think two-year university. And, I th- and, and, and again, I've, I've been a product of four-year universities, but if you look at it, a lot of the things that, these young men and women take when they go to these four-year universities are classes that they've already had mm-hmm. uh, in high school. And it's just a continuation the first year, year and a half, two years of just the same thing you had in, in, in high school instead of just going straight in, hey, I'm going to be a a uh, uh, an, uh, a, a medical assistant mm-hmm. or x-ray uh, person. And you go in and you start your degree when you go in, and some people do take one or two, but these universities, they basically force you into a five-year system to where they're making money. Yeah. And I want them to make money, but, hey, enough is enough on on the federal government, you know, taking all these loans and the grants and all that and then using it to their advantage and not helping the, the student students, student athletes or whoever. Well, and people on the show know I went to a junior college for two years before I made my transition to Auburn and finished up my schooling there. And, you know, I I learned so much by being at that two-year school, really being able to take classes that are at the collegiate level, get my feet wet. But because if I had gone straight into a school, as you know, 30,000 kids, it would have been really overwhelming for me. And I don't know that I would have been able to be successful. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, I've known and I've noticed over the years, we pretty much had to babysit all the freshmen and even some of the sophomores that were that were athletes because uh, I'd, I'd have these 280 pound kids come in my office crying. I want to go home. I'm homesick and this or that. And I think it's probably pretty good if you've got a, a nearby community college that you can go to for a year or possibly two years right. to start, get your base of education and then go to the four year university there. Uh I tell you, there's going to be a lot of new things happening with 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 sports and college. With mm-hmm. if you see now the you know the consolidation of more more teams and and, and conferences That's like right. we're seeing this with mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma, or you're seeing the new rules of p- players starting to make money off their name. There's going to be a total transformation of uh, college sports here in the next few years. I just hope it's for the better. Hope it's for the better of the of education, better for the athlete, and uh, better for everybody overall. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And um, Senator, because the podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines, I ask everybody this question. So I want to personally know, because I was at Auburn when you were coaching there, but what is your favorite memory from standing on the sidelines? Oh, I tell you, I've got so many, so many memories of standing on the sideline and good and bad. By the <laughs> sure, way. sure. And huge, huge disappointments of, of some games. Uh, knowing that we, we, we outplayed the other team, but we didn't come up with enough points to beat the other team because people don't realize the time and effort that players and coaches put into those 12 games a year. Mm-hmm. It is it is every day. It is a job. Yes. And you do everything you can for those four hours on 12 Saturdays to be successful. So, uh, you know, some of the better games, uh, I think in 2001, we were at Auburn, we were playing Florida. They were ranked number one. Steve Spurrier brought his team in. They were unbeatable. We were a 21-point underdog. And at the end of the game, we kicked, kicked like a 40-yard field goal into the wind 
that curved like 15, 18 feet into the go uh, between the goalposts to beat the number one ranked team yeah. when we really had no chance. And and that's what that's what was special is being on the sidelines watching teams win games, mm -hmm. a group of players knowing how hard they worked and it they were successful uh, against teams that people gave them no chance. Yeah. And, you know, beating Steve Spurrier for me was a utopia. <laughs> and I beat him, I think, more than he beat me. And then, of course, we won six in a row against our in-state rival, Alabama. That's right. Um, yeah, they, they, and, and, you know, people say, hey, you're a politician now. You can't talk about, hey, that's what it is. You know, I'd have tried to, if I was at Alabama, I'd have tried to have done the same thing. That's right. And, and it wasn't about me as much as, as really appreciating the efforts of those players that we had because they're the one that got it done. It wasn't, you know, I, I never played down when I was coaching. I was always on the sideline uh, and watching and, and uh, you know, keeping my fingers crossed. And But uh, just being around athletes that were so – so strong, fast, well-prepared, and it's always good to see them sometimes do things that they're not supposed to do. Yeah. Well, those are some great memories, and I remember those, all of those very well. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here and sharing just some of your wisdom for our parents and students. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning into this bonus episode of Confessions for the Sidelines. Listen, we've heard from former student athletes, coaches, and the journey to becoming a college athlete is not an easy one. And I want us to all remember that no matter what level you play beyond high school, that that is a great accomplishment. You are actually part of the 7% of high school athletes that take their game beyond high school. So remember that as you're going through this journey of becoming a college athlete, that no matter if you play at the junior college level, NAIA, Division II, Division III, and Division I, that you have have accomplished something amazing. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share this show with your favorite student athlete. And as always, I will be cheering you on from the sidelines. <laughs>